is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty. Hey, who would have thought the Knicks got a win tonight? They played very well. We'll talk about it and some changes next on ESPN New York Tonight. Along with Nikki and Joel, we're here until midnight. Oh, what an interesting sports weekend, was it? Mm-hmm. Glad you could join us here on 98.7. Well, 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 well. If you were a Knicks fan, the day started with the worst-kept secret in the NBA, that Leon Rose was your Nick president, and he started today. And it looks like, um, look, he sent out a letter. <laughs> which is okay. Um, it's, there's two schools of thought here. You know, there's one school of thought is you want to have a press conference. You want to introduce him. You want to see what's going on. You want to hear what he's got planned and everything. And and that would be nice for the Nick fan to kind of get an idea of who this guy is because he's, he's not a GM. He's not a president who's been president somewhere else. Well, you can kind of understand what the track record is. He's new. He's been, he's not new to basketball, not new to the garden, but he's new in this role. And so you kind of want to, you kind of would like to have gotten an idea about what he was thinking, what his goals are, and so on and so forth. So he handled that in the little note that he sent out a letter about really, you know, just going through things and seeing where everything is going on. And he's not going to make any changes right now. He's going to take the rest of this season which he's been looking at, obviously, for the past month or so anyway, since the rumor was that he was going to be the new president. So he's just looking and trying to see what's going on with this team, and he will reevaluate everybody's role. And then he'll make some decisions. And I think, for me, in this scenario, because what is he going to tell me right now? I want him to come back when he's ready to name a new general manager or a new head coach or whatever he's going to do. Whenever he's ready to do that or after he's done that, then I think that would be the best time for him to come out and have that press conference. So then we can get an idea of what he's thinking. Cause then he may say, okay, this is, this is, I've done this. I've done that. This is my thought process as far as that is concerned. All right. So I'm curious to see what he's going to do. I'm curious as to what his first moves are going to be. As a matter of fact, I'm so curious. I'm going to make you Leon Rose. That's our Twitter question. At Hardesty ESPN, at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. What should Leon Rose focus on as Nick president? Here are your choices. An experienced GM. Because he's new at his business. So my thinking is you want an experienced general manager. All right. Top free agents because he's a former agent. So clearly he should be able to put his finger on the pulse of what why free agents don't come here, the real reason, I mean, we speculate all the time what the reasons are, but I mean, the real reason they don't come. So we want that on the list. Also, should he focus on a dominant draft choice? And when I say dominant, I mean like Zion Williamson dominant. <laughs> you know, you watched him yesterday against LeBron again. Oh, man, was that great? Or should it be a veteran slash rookie head coach? All right, so what should Leon Rose focus on as Nick President? Experienced GM, top free agents, dominant draft choice, or veteran slash rookie head coach? At Hardesty ESPN, at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. So, listen, I think Leon Rose is going to have his hands full. I know that for a fact. Okay, I know, because he's got a lot to do. A lot 
of stuff to do here. All right, that's number one. Number two, before I get to the game, let's put this out there. There has been a number of Twitter reports about Spike Lee being kicked out of the garden. Spike Lee was not kicked out of the garden. Spike Lee was asked to go out a different entrance, but Spike Lee was not banned from the garden. So all the stuff that you've seen that's a false alarm on Twitter, that did not happen. That's number two. Number three, Knicks won the game. And, okay, I'm going to be honest with you. When I was on the phone with a friend, and they said to me, because I was driving, so obviously I couldn't hear the game. So they said to me, man, (laughs) your Knicks are up by 21 over Houston. And I said, if it's not two minutes left in the fourth quarter, I'm concerned. Because previously we've watched this team blow leads over and over and over again. Right? So tonight, give them some credit. They faltered, but they found a way to hold on and they found a way to win. And what you like is over the past couple of games, you like the way that R.J. Barrett is playing. You like that he is starting to take over, that he's starting to make this his team. You know what I mean? He did a good job on Saturday, although he kind of tailed off late in the game, had a strong start, tailed off later. Tonight, he was consistent. He was big throughout, 27 points in 30 minutes. Maybe with five rebounds, five assists, a steal, maybe his best all-around game of the season, considering the competition, considering that he had hit a big shot late that gave the Nick the lead for good. This was probably R.J. Barrett's best game. So you like that you see him as the games, as he gains more experience. And as you heard in the post game with Pat O'Keefe, Mike Miller saying that he's healthy again. So you're seeing him with the same burst. You're seeing him with the energy. You see, I like what I see from R.J. Barrett over the past couple of weeks. Uh, the Nick Bench played very well tonight. And that's been a roller coaster for them. They're up and down and up and down. Uh, Bobby Portis again, 15 points in 18 minutes, played well. And this is so interesting because you understand why the Rockets love their small lineup. I mean, because it spreads the floor, it keeps people out, and they just shoot and shoot and shoot and shoot. And fortunately for the Knicks, they caught them on a very bad shooting night from three. They were 20 of 56. They actually got better because they were horrible earlier. They were 20 of 56. They shot 35% for three. Let me give you some numbers. James Harden, three of 13. Harden had 35. He got he great fourth quarter for him. Late third, fourth quarter, great. Because he was invisible. But you had that feeling, right? You you had that feeling that he was going to come and put one of those, one of those stretches together where he was just dominant and he was going to be unstoppable. And Russell Westbrook, 24 points in 37 minutes. He was one of three from three, not really a three point shooter, but even he struggled tonight. So the two of them were 17 of 41 from the field tonight. That's one of the reasons why 
they were down but came back. So you give Houston credit. They're a talented offensive team. You know you're not going to keep them down forever. And once again, the bench that hurt the Knicks uh, in Houston did not hurt them at the Garden. And that's not surprising because most of the time your bench plays better at home because they feed off the crowd. They understand. They, they get their themselves going off the emotion of the crowd. So on the road, the bench wasn't as good. And so tonight, really, only Eric Gordon in double figures with 11 was big for them off the bench. And he didn't shoot well, 4 of 11. But he had some beat. Here's who really helped them. Uh, Covington had 20 points, 6 of 11 from 3. He kept them in this game. Okay? He kept the Rockets in the game until Harden and Westbrook was able to make some plays in that fourth quarter. And, and House also kept them kind of close, within striking distance. I mean, the Knicks had a 21-point lead at one point, okay? And you just saw it slowly whittle down and slowly whittle down. And as a matter of fact, by the time at the start of the fourth quarter, it was down to 10. So you go, oh, boy. Oh, boy. Here we go. Here we go. But once again, give the Knicks credit. They did some things that we've complained about that they normally do not do. They played excellent defense. In key stretches. They played excellent team defense in key stretches. I mean, we sit here and we criticize them and we dog them all the time, but when they do something right, you got to give them credit. And that's what they did. They had major stops in this game in the fourth quarter. Did they miss something? Yeah. Did they turn the basketball over? Yeah. I mean, they did. They did. They made it closer than it had to be, but come on. You knew with the big lead that Houston was not just going to roll over and say, okay, well, you know, we don't have it. We don't have it tonight. We're done. No, they're too good a team for that. This team, listen, this team, and it was a great conversation on first take earlier today with uh, Stephen A. Smith and Max Kellerman and Kendrick and uh, Kendrick Perkins, who was, who was visiting as the NBA analyst about how the way the Rockets are going, they may stop an all LA conference final because of how they're playing and how effective they've been with this offense. The downside to it is the fact that they were out-rebounded significantly on the boards. And when you play a smaller team, you should dominate them. The Knicks had 65 rebounds. They out-rebounded them 65-34, to and that includes 20-8 to off the offensive board. That's your game right there. 20 Offensive rebounds for the Knicks. That's good. So what they did was they were able, if they missed shots, they were able to put the ball back and they held the Rockets to one shot. When they missed, they did not get a second opportunity. These are the reasons they won. 1-800-919-3776. On Twitter, at Hardesty ESPN, at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7. Your question is, what should Leon Rose focus on as Knicks president? Should it be an experienced GM? Should it be top free agents? Should it be a dominant draft choice? Or should it be a rookie veteran head coach? You are listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. It's ESPN New York Tonight. On 9870 ESPN. Taking your phone calls on a Nick win against the Houston Rockets. An impressive win when you think about how hot the Houston Rockets have been and what they can do offensively. The Knicks hanging in there and showing that they've got some offense as well. Plus, 
your thoughts on Leon Rose as the president of the Knicks. 1-800-919-3776. Emmanuel in Flushing, you're batting leadoff on ESPN New York tonight. Good, good evening, Larry. How are you doing? I'm doing good, Emmanuel. What's up? Man, how about those Knicks? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were good for a night, my friend. Good for a night. Yeah, they did. Yeah, in the game, in the game, we introduced Leon Rose. And frankly, almost got to down in the garden, but we got the win. That's that's the most important thing. But I also want to touch on this. I think that the Rockets got exposed. I think they're going to miss Clay Capella more than the Rockets, more than they'll ever know. Why do you think so? Uh, Emmanuel, because last year, to be honest with you, in the postseason, mm. I suggested that he walk over and get on his knees and beg Hakeem Olajuwon to go and give him some low post moves because he was invisible. Yeah, but the problem is, I mean, look at the look at the uh, the bigs. I mean, B.J. Tucker. I mean, uh, don't disrespect uh, B.J. Tucker. He's a good defender, but he he can't block. He can't block shots at Clint Capella. But, I mean, those small ball, they're going to get exposed in the playoffs, particularly against the Lakers, a.k.a. Anthony Davis or Dwight Howard, or the Clippers in March as well. That's all I'm going to say. Well, here's the thing, though, Emmanuel, and thanks for the phone call. Here's the other side of that, though. That's a matchup nightmare for you having a big trying to stay with Hardaway, I mean, trying to stay with uh, Westbrook and Harden. How do you stay with those guys? And if if P.J. Tucker and Eric Gordon are hitting their shots, your big is now away from the basket. Their goal is to spread the floor so there's no clutter in the lane, so guys can just move and have a, a free flow of the offense. So you're right. They'll, they're going to be hurt on the glass, yes. And they're going to give up some things on defense, yes. But their strategy is, we're going to shoot threes. So you may beat us with two, but we're going to knock you out with the three. I mean, look look at them tonight. All right. They were, think about this now, they were 39, 39 for 94. Okay. They were 20 of 56 for three. They put up 56 threes. And they only, they made, they made more threes than they made twos. That's their game because they feel you can't stay with their guys. That's that's what they're hoping for. That's why Mike D'Antoni put this spread offense in. So, yeah, it's going to hurt them on the boards, but they believe that they will score and create offensive mismatches in their favor, and that's why they think they'll be uh, pretty good. And in the regular season, it's worked. Richard's in Manhattan. Hey, Richard, you're next on 98.7. Larry, rebounding in the NBA is overrated. Last night, the Lakers were out-rebounded by 16 against New Orleans, and they beat them by 8. Cleveland Cavaliers, for the first time in NBA history, have three of the top 10 
rebounders on the same team. Three of the top ten. Thompson, Love, and Drummond. They miss and, a lot of shots, Richard. <laughs> yeah. And they got one of the worst records. So D'Antoni may be onto something. Rebounding may be an overrated statistic. Of course, we grew up where rebounding mm-hmm. meant something in NBA, but I don't know. It may not mean so much anymore, so you can't look at that. Anyway, Larry, I called because of Mike Miller. Mm-hmm. This guy is 15 and 24. Now, that's 15 and 24 with Fisdale's team. Fisdale yeah. molded this team. So this guy came in and, stu- and has done a better job, much better job than Fisdale. Not only that, he lost the best player on the team, Marcus Mar- Morris, and, and they're still doing pretty well. This was the best win of the year, and I agree it was R.J. Barrett's best overall game, and you have to consider the competition they, they were playing. Yes. About. So this has definitely been the best Nick win of the year, this tonight's game. I was shocked that they didn't blow the lead because I was like you. I couldn't believe they could hold a 20-point lead, especially for a half of the game. But uh, I hope that Rose does not make the change. I mean, they've got 21 more games. Mm -hmm. So barring a collapse, if he can win 8 to 10, maybe even 11 out of the 21, you have to have to keep him. The Knicks won 17, I think, last year. So if that means with this guy being 15 and 24, that would have translated to 31, 32 wins this year. So you tell me a coach that goes from 17 to 32 and you're going to fire him? No way. No way. You got to keep. He's not the problem. You look somewhere else and do something else. Don't waste energy on your coach. But that's, of course, barring these next 21 right. games. So he's got to audition for these 21 games. But it's not a fait accompli that we're going for Van Gundy or we're going for Thibodeau. I don't see the. Listen, Larry, you remember the time when we lost, uh, I forgot, uh, Mike, uh, 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 Don Nelson. Yeah. Right, right yeah. away we, we, we panicked and we said, no, no, no. And then they said, well, let's see what Van Gundy can do. And we gave him a chance. Mm-hmm. So there's no guarantee a big-name coach is going to do a job. Always a, pe- always All right. a pleasure, Larry. Sounds Thank good, you. Richard. Thanks for the phone call. You're right. But one of the things that helped the Van Gundy was he was here with Pat Riley. So there was kind of a familiarity. The, you know, the Garden felt that would be good. But you're right. They gave him an opportunity to be a head coach. And um, he did a nice job. He did a very nice job. And is <laughs> so good of a job that he's one of the – top guys that fans want to come back. When you talk about coaches that they want to see, Jeff Van Gundy's name always pops up because of his hard work, his commitment to detail, how he loves defense. I always felt that when he was here, he needed an offensive coordinator (laughs) because the offense was eh, a little stagnant. But defensively, his teams played hard. They understood defense and rebounding at that time was important. You That's how you control tempo. They couldn't score without the ball. Your opponent could not score if you had the ball. So that was his focus. And he held people accountable if they didn't play defense. So that's what you liked about Ben Gundy. He was here. Listen, and all you need to know about him, that he was, he fought for his players. Remember him hanging on to Alonzo Mourning for dear life to help out his guys. That's it. That's all you need to know about Van Gundy, right? Shandell's in Manhattan. Shandell, you're next on 98.7 ESPN. Larry, what an exciting win tonight. I was on my, I was standing up just like everybody at the Garden tonight. This was the most exciting game I have ever seen the Knicks play. This is what I'm talking about. This is how 
Houston, you know, this is what, you know, I'm used to, you know, seeing. Mm-hmm. The Knicks playing defense and everything. Now, I have a couple of things. If you give me about two minutes, I'll get through each and every one of them. Go. To answer your question, to answer your question number one, just like Richard said, no. You bring back Michael, you bring back the um, coach that's coaching the team now. Mike Miller? You want Miller back? Yes. Okay. Why is it why is it every time you get someone in here they want to fire him when he's doing a good job? This guy has gotten his team to have confidence in each other to stick together and that's what they didn't have with Dan, with um Fisdale. Mm-hmm. And now the team has got that. That's why I would fix that's why Scott they got to bring back him. Number 2 then you work on a GM. It doesn't have to be a, a, a known, uh, you know, a name GM. Just someone who has a basketball sense. Number three. Then you work on the draft. In that order, that's how I would do that. And to answer your other question, the reason why no free agents want to come here is the owner. He wants to stick his nose into everything. Why is it every time? He has to stick his nose in everything. You don't see him doing it with the Rangers, and the Rangers are doing what they're doing. Why can't he do it with the, the Knicks? I can't understand this guy. Well, to be fair to him, Shandell, he's not stuck his nose into what the situation has been in basketball. When when Phil Jackson came here, he stepped away. As a matter of fact, I wish he had stepped in earlier <laughs> for Phil. <laughs> yeah, I wish he yeah, had this, stepped in this, earlier. <laughs> that is true, but history but, has shown us, Larry, you know he likes to stick his nose in. Yeah, but and he hasn't done that. You're right, Shandell, and thanks for the phone call, my friend. You're right. Previously, he's done that. But after people kept saying, you're in the way, you're meddling, you're doing this, he said, okay, I'm stepping away. And he's done it. He stepped away. He hasn't been involved. He hasn't made it. He hasn't done anything. He's just been in the background. Here, they have the moves. They've got the power. Go do it. Go do the job. The guys haven't done what they're supposed to do. That's the issue here. It's not been successful. And I I don't know that it's just the owner as to the reason why players don't want to come here. The real reason why free agents don't want to come here, the team's no good. I mean, think about this, Chandel. Be honest. I don't care who – forget the owner right now. If the free agent situation last season – Okay, you look at what this roster was, and they wanted to give you money to come here, and nobody else was coming but you. Would you take money to come here? Exactly. You are listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. It's ESPN New York Tonight on 98.7 ESPN. Talking to you about the Knicks win over the Rockets. Also, your thoughts about uh, Leon Rose as the new president. Interesting comments so far. On Twitter, Adam M underscore 2181 says, Rose's first order of business. How about trading cap space for Porzingis? I don't think Dallas want, I don't think Dallas will give Porzingis up. And trading cap space for him? And I know you, I know you're saying that tongue in cheek. They've, they've locked him up. He, the way he's playing, especially with Doncic have been on the, you know, being hurt again. Oh no, they're not giving up on, uh, Porzingis. Not at all. John's in Manhattan. Hey, John, you're next hey. on 98.7. Hey, Larry. How you doing? Good, John. What's up, my friend? Listen, that was a great game tonight. I've, that, I mean, it's, you know, I have to say this about, about Mike Miller. The thing is, is that 
ever since he's been there, the thing is, is that even though they may get down by double digits, they don't just lay down and die. They they do try to make a comeback. Look at last week in, in Houston. Usually when they go to Houston, they lost by 30 or 40. They lost by 12. They were down 22 and lost by 12. Mm-hmm. So they, they just keep coming back at you. They just don't quit. Yep. And, and the thing is, is that, you know, they could have laid down and died tonight when, when um, Houston made their run, but they didn't. They, they, they found a way to get stops and, and to make key baskets. I mean, I, the thing is that I know a new per, a new executive wants wants their own guy as coach, but the thing is, but but I guess Miller's dude is what a twenty game audition now. Yeah, yep. And and the other thing, John, too. I mean, Leon Rose has been watching this team for longer than he's been, you know, than we've known. Uh, yeah. So because for him to get the job, he had to obviously give a game plan and an assessment of what he's seen with the team. So clearly yeah. he knows what's going on with, with um, Miller and the job he's done. Listen, he's done a decent job. There's no question about it. Larry, Larry, yes. could, uh, one, uh, one thing I would love Mike Miller to do for me. Mm-hmm. One, day, one day before practice, take Julius Randle by the hand. Introduce him to Nilakina Smith and, and Peyton and says, these are the guys that we, bring the, that we pay to bring the ball up. When you can rebound, could you give it to them, please? I mean, he... I mean, the thing is, he brings the ball, then gets into trouble because he dribbles between. He tries to beat two people. That's he why can't. he gets it. He, he can't. You're right, John. He can't. That's the big problem. Westbrook can't. Harden can't. Randall can't. That's right. Randall can't. Thanks for the phone call, John. And he, and he keeps trying. The other thing I tell you though, the other thing here's the downside from Miller. Okay, he needs to he needs to play more kids. And this team still is horrible from the free throw line. He hasn't been able to change that. He hasn't. So that's going to be a negative for him as well. Daniel's in Queens. Hey, Daniel, you're next on 98.7. How are you doing, Larry? I'm doing good, partner. What's happening? I'm okay. First thing about the free throws, that's something that you can't coach. It only takes practice. But what I wanted to say about James Dolan is, the Knicks fans should be happy that they have James Dolan because even though he's like more of a hockey guy than a basketball guy, he will spend the money to get the team right. Like, all he has to do is just pick the right person to run the team, and hopefully Leon Hess is the right person. Leon Rose. Leon Rose, excuse me, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. But um, And as far as the win tonight, the win was great. And as far as the coach, I hope they keep him on in a certain capacity. I don't care if he does defense or offense, but I hope they keep him on as an assistant. Have a good night, Larry. All right, Daniel, thanks for the phone call. I, that's an interesting spot because if he does well, and clearly whoever Rose brings in as the general manager, the general manager is going to want to have his own coach, usually. So I think that there's there's a spot on the coaching staff for Mike Miller. May not be as the main guy. And it would be probably a demotion for him. Clearly, he wouldn't be happy about it. But, you know, if he doesn't get the job, I don't think that you have to just tell him goodbye. Because there's something he was able to do to get this Nick team rolling better. Because they really weren't playing well under Fisdale. Just weren't. And the one thing that I, the one thing that I do like about him, is very simply, he loves to call the timeout to stop momentum. And if there's something he doesn't like, 
he will call that timeout right there and then stop it. He's not a fan of, well, the guys will play through it. No, 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 no. That's not him. And I like that about him. I do. Rick is in Brooklyn. Hey, Rick, you're next on 98.7. Yeah, uh, Miller must go. He's inconsistent. The Knicks have lost countless games at the end of games where coaching dictates whether you win or lose. His choice to uh, not challenge plays in many, many games. He goes a gold game without challenging when you, you could just throw that away. Uh, another thing is, I, uh, two other things I want to talk about, Perry and uh, Trier. Perry, uh, I want to keep Perry as a GM. He's got seven first-round picks, and he fleeced the Clippers uh, with this trade that they could possibly get Morris back at the end of the year. Uh, and uh, thirdly, uh, the other reason why Miller has to go, look at the tre- the irregularity with Trier. Trier comes in, uh, many games they needed offense. Uh, he, he refuses to put Trier in, who's instant offense, and damages him. So uh, he's inconsistent. The games Trier plays um, many minutes, the next game, zero. You can't you can't have a team that way if, to be con, to win consistently if you're going to treat your players inconsistently, and he's just not been able to master that. So uh, you know he is what he is. He, he wins some games, he loses a lot of games. Uh, and keep Perry, please. All right, Rick. Thanks for the phone call. Uh, my sense is that they're not going to keep Perry in that position. I don't know if they'll put him in another spot i mean they could keep him i mean i don't know but see here's what hurts him in my opinion is that his draft choices haven't been great okay kevin knox has taken a step back mitchell robinson's been good second round draft choice he's grown you've seen that obviously rj barrett has perked up he's playing better but some of his other draft choices just have not produced. So I don't, I, that kind of hurts him, I think. Uh, the fact that they weren't able to get the free agents, I think, is not a feather in his camp, in his cap. What is the positive, as you mentioned, Rick, is the fact that he got you some draft choices. You have seven first rounders over the next four years. So that's a good thing. So it's, it, it's a balance. Uh, will Leon Rose want to have another GM to come in? to pick the next head coach? Possibly. Because, you know, I mean, Perry and Mills picked Fisdale, who you let go. So it's, it's, it's a tough, it, it's, it's going to be tough to see. I do think that if they bring in another GM, that Perry will still be part of the organization. I agree with Ian Begley. Ian Begley was on with me last night, uh, basketball insider for SNY formerly of ESPN.com, and we both agree on that. I think if indeed he's removed from the GM, he will definitely stay with the team in a different role. Hershey's in Jersey. Hershey, you're next on 98.7. Hey, what's going on, man? What's up, partner? I have two Jets points, but I also wanted to say something about the Knicks. Mm-hmm. I think for the Knicks, I think for the Knicks really is they have to get some player development. They have to bring coaching for player development. They have all this picks. I think Mike Moore's not doing a bad job with what they have. If I think they get some player development with their seven picks coming up, I think I think even even if they don't win in free agency, if they if they develop the players right, 
And I think they could be a good team down the road. Okay, and, and you're right, but the, you know that has been a sticking point for them. They've they've not been able to uh, get their guys to improve to the next level consistently. So that that's going to be big for them because you're right, they got a bunch of picks, and all of them are not going to be good anyway. So you really have to maximize the talent with the ones you get. Well, you look at other teams, look at Miami, who's who has has, has a few other. They don't have their 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 Tyler Hero. And, and and the other another player who's playing really well, they weren't top top level picks. Um, look at look at many other teams who have top top level picks. They had great coaching, and that's what brought them to where they are. You're right. And when you talk about Miami, Hershey. Um, and thanks for the phone call. When you talk about Miami, you're talking about the consistent head coach who's been there for a while. So he's got a game plan. He's got a culture of winning. He's got teams that have been in the postseason. He's had success. So he's able to make sure and to get them to fall into what the pattern is of winning success. The Knicks haven't had that, A, because they haven't been able to win with the coaching that they've had, A, and B, they haven't been able to have any continuity. So if you don't have continuity, you clearly are not going to be able to have substantial change in your culture because it keeps changing. The style of play keeps changing. I mean, what? Where I was reading somewhere today, and I would give credit, but I don't remember where I was reading it, where what is this? This is going to be Leon Rose as Frank Nilekina's third president since he's been in the league? It's his third president. Was this his fourth year? I mean, what? I mean, it's just a different guy. So how can you expect, on one side, how can you expect for there to be continuity and consistency in your style of play when you have so much change at the top? That's one of the problems with this Nick team. It just is. So hopefully they'll turn things around. What should Leon Rose focus on as Nick president? That's our Twitter poll question at Hardesty ESPN at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. Your choices, experienced GM, top free agents, dominant draft choice, a veteran or rookie head coach. Right now, 36.8% of you say he should focus on an experienced GM. 26.4% of you say a dominant draft choice. 23.9 23.9 say top free agents and 12% say a veteran slash rookie head coach. You are listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. It's ESPN New York Tonight on 98.7 ESPN. Also via Twitter at Hardesty ESPN at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. And this 98.7 ESPN Tournament Update brought to you by Truly Hard Seltzer, the official hard seltzer of the Big East Tournament. With 5% alcohol by volume, 100 calories, and 1 gram of sugar, enjoy Truly Hard Seltzer responsibly while cheering on your favorite March basketball team. And that might be the game we're watching right now. Baylor, number four Baylor over Texas Tech in overtime, 66-63. Our Bob was choosing on the call of that game. So that's kind of the basketball you're going to see in the next couple of weeks when it's March Madness. I can't wait for that. 1-800-919-3776. Back to the phones. Mike is in Queens. Hey, Mike, you're next on 98.7. Good evening, Lenny. How are you? I'm all right, Mike. What's going on? Yeah, it's been a while since we last spoke. Uh, hopefully everything has been okay. Uh, now, uh, 
I haven't heard anything. I, although I haven't listened, so I can't hear what I don't listen to. But uh, like when it comes to making the interim guy the head coach, I mean, I, I have an issue with that because the team is bad, they're losing, and you fire the head coach and I'm the new guy. Well, if the new guy wins two more games than the old guy, you're happy, right? It's like, oh, my God, he's won two more games, and you get happy, excited, and it's like we fixed our problems. Like, I, I know Mike Miller has there's been adjustments he's made. He is better coach than Fisdale. There's things he's done that have made the Knicks better. I understand there is, he is a he is, he is an asset, and you know, if the Knicks want to make him an assistant or make him the head coach of the G League team, because, because they can't develop anybody, so maybe the G League, so he could de- 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 develop them down there. But, I mean, like, whenever I hear a team say we're going to leave the interim guy as the head coach, I feel like they settled. Like, it's like you couldn't look for somebody. It's like, it's like an easy, easy way out. So I would hope they would bring somebody else in. And, Larry, uh, when it comes to Alonzo Trier, like Neil, Neil Kina, Larry, can we say goodbye this offseason to Frank Nilakina. Can we finally just say you tried, you failed, you stink, go away? I mean, can we finally give up on him? Can we just call it a day? Because how can we deal with him and Kevin Knox on the same team as guys who aren't developing? Plus, Alonzo Tria doesn't play, so, so between Frank Nilakina, who can't develop, Knox, who can't develop, Tria, who can't even play, can't find a spot, how many of these guys are going to be on a team that either don't play or still can't p- develop? So can we cut bait on, on Neil Kina so we can focus on Knox and somehow, some way, find a place for Tria and Larry? Because Tria and Dotson don't play. Why do Tria and Dotson always get a DNP? Can, we, can somebody please tell me what all – what, what I hear is what, because they can't play defense? We know that. So let them score, be a six-man, but can they – Get get a shot every game DNP. But Benilo Kina plays. He's a bust. Knox plays. Can we try and just give Tria a game? Because when he plays, he scores. He scored last week. You're right, Mike. Thanks for the phone call. There's no explanation as to what the role is with Tria. Why they just you know have why his his plays is so inconsistent. And Dotson had been a guy who was in the rotation, but he's been out of the rotation the past couple of weeks. I don't know whether it's a call from upstairs saying, okay, let's see, we need to see more guys. We need to see what's happening. Okay, we've seen some of Dotson. Let's see what's going on with Trier. Okay, we've seen some of Trier. Let's see what's... I don't know. I don't know why they, why they do what they do. But um, whoever the new person is going to be that comes in, new GM, new head coach, they're going to make that decision about whether they should just give up on Nilakina or whether they feel that because he was a high draft choice that maybe he could be a serviceable guy coming off the bench and playing tough defense. I don't know. It's going to be up to the new folks to make that determination. Adams in Union. Hey, Adam, you're next on 98.7. Hey, Larry. I, I see that uh, you're not a Phil Jackson guy in terms of a coach who likes to not call timeout and let his players figure it out. But that's okay. But you know what? Hey, Adam. Adam, if, yeah. if I've got Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant, yes, I'm a, I'm a yeah. coach who will let I'll, them – I'll let them play. I'm, I'm with you, Larry. <laughs> so I would – the way I look at this, your question, I'm, I'm going to compare it to last generation where Dave Checkett is sitting in a boardroom wondering what to do as he knew that he had to fire John McLeod and how he should operate. Mm -hmm. So in his situation, he brought in Grunfeld, 
obviously the two of them brought in Riley. They already had Patrick Ewing on the team, so obviously things have to be a, bit, a little bit different. Now, the thing is that Grunfeld wasn't much of a drafter. That wasn't his strength. Leon Rose, you know, someone like him – his thing is, and it is a star-driven league today, it's different than last generation, but to me, based on the timeline that we have from after April when the season ends, he's got to bring in the GM to select the coach. I'm praying that they finally bring in either Van Gundy or Mark Jackson, let the GM draft, do his thing, and hopefully we'll finally get someone who knows how to draft. And then Leon Rose will hopefully on July 1st, beginning there, will finally do what some others weren't able to do, and he'll use his Uber agent status to uh, to bring in some uh, one or two major free agents that will buy in to a Mark Jackson, Jeff Van Gundy, and someone who seems to be drafting well. I don't know how else we could do it. You know, we've been waiting for so long. You agree? I agree with you, Adam. Thanks for the phone call. I think that's what he'll do. Now, I don't – the only thing I will say, Adam, is I don't know that you can – Two big time free agents. I don't know. The free, this year's free agent crop is certainly not like last year. Certainly not. But you do need to try to improve. So I think since you have the draft before free agency, this will, you can draft, see what you have, and then try to get the free agent to complement the people you draft. And then the big thing for me, Adam, about the next head coach has got to be a guy who can put a coaching staff together. That as callers have, have said over and over and over again, that we'll be able to fundamentally improve the young talent that you have. Because these guys, you know, so many guys take a step back. Nilakina is, can't stay healthy. And when he does, he's so inconsistent. Now tonight he, he played okay. I right, hit a couple of threes where you played solid defense. He didn't kill you. Okay, now listen, considering that he was a, a high first-round pick, shouldn't kill you is not how you should identify what he's been able to bring to the table. But that's been it. It's been inconsistent. So that's what Leon Rose, that's what the new GM, and if there is a new head coach, that's what they have to decide. Are we sticking with this kid, or can we get rid of him and trade him and get something for him and move on? And then as somebody said to me last week, he'll go to the Spurs and be like an all-defensive player of the year. Raymond's in Bayonne. Hey, Ray, you're next on 98.7. Hey, how, hey, Larry, how are you? Good, man. What's up? Okay, this is how I see it. Um, I think the the main priority for the Knicks right now should be trying to set up a, a good uh, culture and good um, mindset as a team. Um, personally, I will try to bring – any of these two head coaches. I think Miller, I like Miller, but I will maintain him on the staff, but not as the main guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will try to bring, my first option will be Mark Jackson. And the one that I know, I, I feel that he's not coming over here, not even for nothing, will be Eric Spostra. Try to make a trade with Miami, give him some second rounders or whatever it is. I don't believe that Spostra will be coming, but that will be the two types of coaches that I will bring in. Why? Because they're going to set up a culture over here. And they would actually guide a new GMs and, and um, management on what type of players they need on this team. Uh, this uh, next uh, DNA has always been built on defense and tough as nails. And I think those are the two head coaches. I just want to hear your point and 
keep go- keep doing good with the show. All right, Raymond, thanks for the kind words and your thoughts. Uh, you're not going to get Eric Spolstra because for you to get him, you, first of all, Pat Riley's not going to let him go to the Knicks. <laughs> That's not happening. And you would have to give up part of what you need to rebuild in draft choices to get him. So that's not going to work. So you'd have to go with the guys who are out there like a Thibodeau, like a Van Gundy, like a Mark Jackson, somebody who's out there who doesn't have ties to a team. That would be the best way for you to go because that's not going to cost you anything. All right. Uh, I agree with you. They have to do, they have to set up a culture and it would be nice if they could get a coach that has experience in winning. Now the really good winning coaches have jobs. <laughs> So, you know, you want, I want somebody who's got some hardware or was on the staff who had some hardware, who's been close to being the number one guy who understands what it takes to win. That's why on the poll, if you noticed, I put an experienced GM. All right. I think you need a guy who understands salary cap. You need a guy who understands to make moves. You need a guy who understands culture. You need a guy at the GM spot who knows what to do and understands what a big job this is going to be. Okay, this is not one of these, okay, listen, we got a new head coach over here, and no disrespect to, to the Thunder, but this is not Oklahoma City. This is a town that's been starving for a winner to the point that, that, that fans are attacking broadcasters <laughs> because they're so upset and frustrated that the team is not winning. Okay, that's how bad it is. So this is not, this is not an easy fix. And this is not a short-term fix. And that's why Leon Rose in his letter said that he hopes the Knicks fans will be patient. Okay, we'll be patient as long as we can see where this is headed. Because Knicks fans have been asked to be patient before and asked to be patient before and asked to be patient before. And remember, later this month, it's going to be the 50th anniversary of the first Knicks championship. 50th. That's patience. You are listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. It's ESPN New York Tonight on 98.7 ESPN. Phil's in Queens. Hey, Phil, you're next on 98.7. Hi, Phil. Good, good. Listen. Yes. Real quick point about the coach. Yes. Jeff Van Gundy, Mark Jackson, just lock him up, coach and assistant coach. Now, I just want to say about Wayne Arlington, Alfred Payton, Reggie Bullock, they need to be glued to the bench. There's no point of playing these guys. No point. You got to play triage. Play Dawson and love Frank's energy. He's going to get better. But my main point is Ellington needs to be glued. There's no point. Why is he playing? He's a veteran. You're not going to sign him next year. Why is he getting playing time? I don't understand this, Larry. I really don't. Well, because here's the situation, Phil, and, and it's a tough for Mike Miller. Thanks for the phone call. And I understand what you're saying, and I agree with you to a point. But the other side of it is Mike Miller's job is to win games. And you look at how Wayne Ellington played tonight. He had five, 15 points in 19 minutes, five of eight from, he was five of eight from three. I mean, if he doesn't play, they don't win this game. So he's torn. Yes, he's got to win some games. Yes, he's got to show that there's some growth, but he also 
in the scenario that you're talking about, he's he's kind of mixing and matching when he's playing the kids. Now, Bullock has been in and out of the lineup. He didn't play tonight, so, you know, he's done. Alfred Payton is a backup point guard who's your best point guard on this team, so he's got to play because Nilekin has been in and out of the lineup. I agree with you with Trier. I think Trier should get more playing time. I don't know what's going on with Dotson. Dotson had been getting playing time. Uh, he had a streak where he wasn't scoring and wasn't shooting well. Maybe they decide to give him some rest and look at some other things. But, um, you know, it, it's, it's, I understand what you're saying about playing the kids, but he's got to play some veterans too, because we have to gauge him and see how he controls, you know, how he controls the kids and the vets if he wants to keep this job. Jefferson Valley Cottage. Hey, Jeff, you're next on 98.7. Yeah. Hi. How you doing, Larry? All right, Jeff. What's going on? Not much. I can't, I was at the game tonight. Oh yeah, what was it like? Give me the atmosphere. Talk to me. The atmosphere was it was crazy. It was sick. You wouldn't think the Knicks, uh, you know, that they would be rooting for a team that hasn't won twenty games. It was really amazing, and uh, it was their best win this year by far. And uh, Barrett had a great game, and um, I, I think it's great. I want to talk to you about the draft also. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know, I know, like I don't like. Obviously, if they didn't change the whole. Um, the way of draft, they Knicks would have had Zion, right? Because yeah. they would have had the number one pick, so yep. that sucks. But yep. uh, how do you feel about LaMelo Ball? Is he a better player than Lonzo Ball? Uh, I haven't seen enough of him, uh, Jeff, to oh. make that to make that decision. Thanks for the phone call. I haven't seen enough of him. I'm I'm from the Kobe Anthony school. Uh, yeah, he had missed a lot of the the, the season at, at North Carolina because of injury. I kind of like what I see from him, um, you know, so I'm kind of leaning there. You know, I, I have, like I said, I haven't seen a lot of LaMelo, uh, but, you know, he, here's the bottom line. We know they need a point guard. <laughs> I'm telling you that. We know they need a point guard. So, you know, if they can come up with one, they need to improve because right now, with all due respect to Alfred Payton, all due respect, he's a backup point guard in this league. He's not a, he's not a guy that plays the type of minutes that you need that guy to play to run your team. He just doesn't. And when you look at guys like John Morant and Trey Young and what they're able to do by getting people involved and scoring, I mean, you know, even Kobe White, what he's doing with a bad team in, in, in Chicago, you know, he is a guy that give that is a dual threat. He can create for other people and he can put the ball in the basket too. And that's what the Knicks need. Trey's in Brooklyn, Texas. What's up, T? What's up, Mr. Hardesty? I'm all right. What's going on? Yeah, you know, Larry, if we can rewind before you went on vacation in the summer, you remember this, before before I came home, mm-hmm. we spoke about this. We spoke about nights like this, right? Yep. Did we speak about this? Yes, we, we did. We were going to have some really good nights, and we were going to have some nights that the team was going to drive you. Absolutely insane. Didn't we say that? Yes, we did. And we had less of these and more of the others. <laughs> yeah, we, 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 we knew this was coming. Yep. Um, the fa- so the fact that we forecast that, I enjoy these tight wins for the kids. You know what I'm saying? They, they, like I told Nikki, they had to have one. They had to have, you know, a win like this. This is good for the kids, man. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And what you, and what you saw and what I like to see is the maturation of R.J. Barrett because you know, tonight he showed what I love to say, man. Testicular fortitude. He showed that tonight. 
That kid played that that kid played good today, man. And Mitchell Rob, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that that's what we want to see. That's what we want to see developing. I felt your call a, a while ago when he was like, man, I don't want to see Wayne Ellington no more. <laughs> I feel him, but it, it, but just like you said, Miller's torn because his mandate from upstairs is to win games, is 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 to put the best five on the floor. And with the analytics of things, some nights, you know, he's the matchup that's gonna that's going to uh, create more points than maybe a Trier would in the in – the, and he did that tonight. He had 15 and 19 minutes. Mm-hmm. So it made sense for him to play tonight. I get it. We don't, we don't want to see nobody else's retreads, man, and a couple of never will be. But that's what we got on this team. This is going to help us because this is why we cleared the books. You know what I mean? This is this is why you this is why you clear the books, Larry, so that you can position yourself not for free agency, but you position yourself to get good players. And now Leon Rose can also help with that by ushering in a new era. We got to get rid of everybody upstairs. Take the t-shirts with you. Enjoy the sweatshirts. You gotta go. Let this man bring in some people that know how to draft. Go get the dude. What's what's uh JP uh JP Richard, the guy that does the uh. Capology on uh, ESPN. Yeah. Why not go hire him? Yeah, yeah. He, is he not really good at his job? He be forecasting guys getting signed before they get signed. Like this, it's just the little things that the Knicks upper management does badly, and it reflects on the whole team. You know what I'm saying? That's I do. Why free agents don't didn't want did not want to come here because they look up, they see James Dolan. These guys, you got to understand that these are kids in the league. And most of these kids are listening to the OGs in the league, the LeBrons, the James Harden, those guys. And you know what they're telling them? They don't go to New York, man. Oh. I'm telling you. Don't sign with them dudes, man. You see what's going on over there? So but the narrative that's out there amongst the players and then especially a lot of the young players because the old, the, the early 2000s guys are leaving. Those guys are old now, and they're you know, they losing their hair. and they, They're getting older. You know what I'm saying? So now the kids is coming in. And now they don't even want to come because they see the dysfunction. It has to be cleaned up now. I love what's going. That was we had to win that game tonight. That's cool. That's not that's not a bad game to win. That's a good game to win. That's okay. But we know we're not going to have too many much more too too many more of those, Larry. You know that, right? You and you're that, right. Larry. And you were far between. And you're right about the fact. And and thanks for the phone call, Trey. You're right about the fact that this was good for the young kids because you're playing against a playoff team. And I know folks are like, oh, you know, Rockets, they're not going to do anything. You know, what do you expect from them? You know, blah, 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 blah. But don't look now. But right now, the Rockets are the number four seed in the West. Fourth seed. All right. And they're only two games behind Denver and the Clippers who are tied for second. So theoretically, they're the third team because the Clippers and Nuggets are tied for second. And this team had been hot. Okay. They had been hot. I mean, they've won seven of, coming, now they've won seven of their last ten. So for you to go up as young players, as Mitchell Robinson, as RJ Barrett, for you to go up against these guys, I mean, Russell Westbrook has been, what, the hottest player in the NBA over the past couple of weeks? I mean, he's been averaging like 40 a game. I mean, Stephen A. on First Take said today that right now, right now, Russell Westbrook is more important to the Rockets than James Harden. 
because of his ability, his speed, going the length of the court and back, and being able to create mismatches. And yeah, he doesn't shoot the three great, but who's taking who's defending him off the dribble? It's not easy. It's not. So this is, uh, you know, this was. Is a is it a is a, oh it's a great win oh baby no it's not that, but for confidence and for young players who need to taste victory once in a while, this was a nice win. You are listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on ninety eight point seven ESPN. I don't really watch what them want to Still I got to stick to my girls like glue And I might not play numbers Monday night edition of the show. Thank you for joining us. It's ESPN New York Tonight. I'm Larry Hardesty at Hardesty ESPN at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. Yes, the Knicks won, but there's more things going on. Time for us to get you caught up. Now here is the top news stories of the day with Larry Hardesty. Well, before the game, the Knicks made it official. They've got a new head guy. He is Leon Rose. He's going to be your Knicks president. But Jeff Dickerson, who was on Spain and company, says, well, Rose may not be successful because ownership may get in the way. In New York, with the ownership, it's just not working. And there are too many distractions. And there are too many fights with fans or former players or reporters or this or that. The goal should be winning, not trying to look good. And I don't think they figured that out in New York. And I wish Leon Rose all the best, but it doesn't matter. You, you could be the greatest basketball executive in the world. If you walk into a bad situation, Jonathan, you're never going to truly win. We'll see what happens. He's got a lot of work to do. There's no question about that. Before the game tonight, Coach Mike Miller, the interim coach, was asked, what was Rose's message to the team when he met with them at shoot-around this morning? Well, without getting into any of the details about what he talked about, I think, you know, everybody's just looking forward to continuing to, to move everything forward and, um, you know, continue how do we build to, to get better every day. I think that's the biggest thing, and I think, you know, it, just just give him some time to get in and have a chance to really evaluate things and see things and and then start start moving elsewhere going to baseball more bad news injury wise for the Yankees our own Michael K on Giancarlo Stanton this is not great news man I'm not going to sit here and 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 try to make nice and put lipstick on a pig this is a serious situation especially a day after you find out that Severino is going to be out for a year and a half So now, no, once again, no Severino, no Stanton, and Judge with more injuries. John Shambi on Golik and Wingo. I think that some of these are are carryover from from last year. It'd be hard to imagine that what happened with Severino isn't some type of cascade off of last year. But I understand, you know, sort of what the direction it's pointed in. And the Yankees made moves with their medical staff and their training staff to address it in the offseason. But unfortunately for them, it's continued. Jessica Mendoza was on Golik and Wingo, and she said the Severino injury, <laughs> more important than the judge one. My level of concern is, I mean, you look at the ERA for this team, the biggest weakness for the Yankees, and, and a great team, 103 wins in the season, is 4.51 ERA. I mean, they were not only middle of the pack, but honestly, like, I was looking at the numbers this morning. I mean, 26, 28, 29th in all of baseball, and so many starting pitching categories, which... 
I feel like, yes, it was, it was a topic last year. And, of course, they get Garrett Cole, thank goodness, right, for the season. But Luis Severino was someone they were counting on um, to not rely just on the acquisition of Cole, but to have an entire starting rotation that could be complete throughout the regular season. So this is a huge blow to me because the biggest weakness for the Yankees um, was that starting rotation. I felt like they, you know, obviously going and getting Cole was going to help a ton, but now that Severino is done for the season, I just, I feel like this is something that's going to be a constant storyline. And then as we look to the trade deadline, something that Brian Cashman is going to have to improve on even in the middle of the season. Speaking of trades, according to the New York Post, the Yankees have called the Mets to inquire about the availability of one Stephen Matz. Hmm. What will that take to make that deal happen between the Mets and Yankees? Huh. We'll keep we'll keep you updated on that. 1-800-919-3776. We'll get to the calls in a minute. Our colleague Alan Hahn on the MSG 150, you know, Alan with Barton Hahn, 1-3, to three, Monday through Friday here on 98.7, had a chance to speak to the giant signal caller, Daniel Jones, and got his first impressions of his new head coach, Joe Judge. I like coach. I mean, I think, um, you know, it's tough with the, the rules and, you know, you don't get a whole lot of time with, with the coaches, but um, I've enjoyed the, you know, the time I spent with him and just kind of getting to know him a little bit. I think, um, you know, what you see is what you get. He, you know, very straightforward, hard-nosed guy, and, and uh, you know, I'm looking forward to working with him. I think, um, you know, we're, we're excited about, uh, you know, the future. So, Danny Dimes, how do you fit in with your new OC, Jason Garrett? You know, I think I think well. You know, like I said, it, it's it's uh, you know tough to spend a whole lot of time with with the coaches, with the rules, and um, you know just trying to get to know them and and uh, you know and, and uh, doing what I can to to uh, to improve as a player before I can really work with him uh, and kind of get into the system. But um, you know, he's had a lot of success coaching. He's had a lot of uh, successful quarterbacks. So um, you know, I'm excited. But the, I'm excited for the opportunity to work with him. Finally, Daniel Jones, did it bother you that the new head coach didn't mention your name at all? No, I mean, I think, uh, you know, I understand coach's policy and, and talking about players and, and kind of his, uh, you know, his stance on that. And, you know, certainly understand and respect that. He's a, he's the head coach. And, um, you know, I think we're, we're all trying to, to earn our jobs and, and uh, do what we can to improve his players. Those are just some of our some of our top news stories of the day here on ESPN New York Tonight. We thank you for joining us. You're listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs>